so let's just start right off with this. Yeah. Uh, because I, I don't know. We, we This might be a... This might end up being a mini-episode if it goes too long. This one I don't think will. I think the, the other project we started working on would definitely be a mini-episode. Well... We'll keep that a hush hush for now, okay. but I I don't, I don't really have a ton to say about this uh, this episode that we're going to be doing anyway. So I I think we can probably afford to go a bit long on this as a cold open anyway. So okay. Anyway, so uh, the Star Trek the Star Trek Twitter account uh, recently. Now no, we're recording this on May seventeenth, and I think I believe like a couple days ago uh, or sometime around then, the Star Trek Twitter account posted. Uh, it's kind of a co- combination of a of a couple of different memes. There's like the choose your quarantine house, and but then also uh, the like the kind of salary cap team meme of basically there being multiple tiers of people who uh, you can spend different amounts of money on or different amounts of federation credits or whatever yeah, gold, gold plus platinum yeah a- and and so you have fifteen dollar signs you have whatever whatever <laughs> amount of currency that is and you can use that on different tiers of characters to have them be in your quarantine crew yeah and so. Uh, you and I had started conversing about this over text, and I think we decided that it might be kind of fun to to do the the the, the money part of it, but then yeah. to draft. The, to also the do it as a draft. So once so we'll take turns selecting a person, still with we have fifteen dollars each to spend. Uh, so once you've used up your fifteen dollars, you're done. Um, but also go back and forth, and so once someone takes. A, a character we can't also take them right so that's so here's a question that we didn't talk about before do we want to do this like snake draft style or do we want to do it with like whoever has more money left oh that's a good next that's or? a good question my thought was snake draft but all right and then cool. just like if somebody runs out of money then the other person just picks until they're done okay but i'll try to in the episode description include like a link to this this little picture but i'm just going to quick read out like the yeah. categories and the people in them so there's 25 characters on this on this list so uh, at the five dollar tier there's uh cisco picard michael burnham uh kirk and janeway in the four dollar tier there's spock captain Giorgio, who i'm going to assume is the the mainline universe version of captain Giorgio, uh riker data and archer in the three dollar tier there is tapal Worf, seven of nine uhura and bashir who seems to me to be that's pretty three dollars <laughs> a lot of money to spend on bashir, there's but. i mean we'll i'm sure as we do our picks we'll get into it but yeah there's some interesting choices as far as the value of yeah of these yeah Maybe we just approach Deep Space Nine differently than most people. I don't know. Uh, well, two dollars is Saru, uh, Rafi, Odo, uh, Dax, who I think is undervalued. Yeah, that's uh, definitely like uh, the the value pick of Dax yeah. for only two dollars. Uh, and uh, Bones, and then the one dollar uh, value is uh, Tilly, Neelix, uh, Trip, Quark, and. Picard's dog, who's in like one or two episodes of Picard, and for some reason they didn't feel the need to put any other actual Picard characters in this <laughs> yeah, list, except for just Raffi and the dog, whose name is number one. So so uh, I, I think we, we kind of decided we're going to come at this with, from a, like, actually pick, like, a small crew for your for our, your starship, like, that you would actually kind of want to have yeah. as a crew. Um, so, uh, here, let me let me quick, I'm going to quick uh, do a roll to see who which one of us gets to pick first, and then we can okay. snake it. Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like one of us may be sadly disappointed if we don't get to pick first. Well, I'm really curious what uh, strategy you're going to be taking here, because I've given it a little bit of thought. Yeah, I mean, no, you, I have... You said you made a draft board, right? I, not really a draft. I have, like, a piece of paper. When we were first bringing this up, 
I wasn't doing anything else. So I have like a piece of paper that I've scrolled, scrolled some notes on mm. of some strategies. Okay, I rolled an eight and I rolled you a four in my Star Wars role-playing game uh, app. So, okay. Yeah, so I will pick first. And so it's a cliche choice, but I am going to have to go to spend my first uh, pick to get Spock. Really? Interesting choice. Okay. Okay. I thought I thought that would be like the consensus pick, but but maybe not. That's a, that's, that's a uh, solid that's my... pick. I and I, I feel a little bit guilty doing this, but I'm actually going to use my first pick on Dax. I just feel like the value no. of getting Dax for only two dollars is way too good to okay to pass up. All right, all right. Uh, okay, hmm. that that does that does mess up my choices somewhat. But all right, I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on picking. I I think the four dollar tree has got some. The four dollar tree is real... very good stuff. Yeah. I yeah, agree. it's it's got some stuff where it's like arguably better than some of the people on the five dollar tree. So, I am going to then use my next pick to get oh no Riker. Oh really? Get Riker on the. I don't think I need Data and Spock. I don't think you need a Data that's, and a that's Spock. That's fair. Uh, I guess they both kind of do can't are capable of doing similar things. Yeah, so I, I'm right. gonna go. I'm gonna go with Riker, who in this image is looking very distinguished in his Picard. Yeah, he's got, that's, a little, he's got kind of like a that's Captain uh, Riker, isn't it? A silver or, fox beard, and yeah, that, yeah, that's Captain Captain Riker, whatever uh, he is at the very end. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm gonna have for my next uh, choice. All right. So okay, so you've spent eight dollars so far. I mean, it's eight dollars. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I then. I think I'll take Wharf next. Then actually. Okay. That's my All right. Uh, for three dollars. Oh wait, sorry. So, so you, you sorry, we, we didn't snake it. So you actually should pick before me. So were you going to pick Riker? Oh wait. Oh, so we're doing it choice? that way. Yeah. That yeah, kind of yeah. snake. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, were you going to pick Riker? No, I wouldn't have pick? picked. I actually would have picked because at that point I wouldn't have known your strategy. So I would have picked Data next. Then. Okay. So, well, I was not going to pick Worf with with my okay. pick. So yeah. So I'll pick Riker and then I'll pick. Uh, so yeah, so you've got uh, Dax and Data, yeah. and I've got Spock and Riker, and then for my third pick, I am going to pick uh, Seven. Okay, good call. So and the, uh, I've got yeah. yeah. Go on, sorry. No, I was just gonna say I think she's a she's she she definitely feels a, de- a degree of like versatility where she can do a lot of things. Yeah. Yes. All right. She's uh, yeah. So I'm 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 definitely I'm not like burning through my money, but I certainly yeah. You're going for uh, I think the the big ones first, which is a little yeah. bit of the opposite strategy i took mm-hmm. um going for like the value picks first okay so that that was your second and third so now it's me yeah you get two, I get yep. two. so and so you've you've I've spent, spent six dollars so far right okay uh yeah 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 in that case oh boy and i spent eleven dollars <laughs> but i have one more pick than you though um in that case that's interesting because now i have i think i'll go with so I'm trying to decide between either Worf and then I guess then I would be I would have to take Neelix or do Odo and McCoy. Um, I think I w- I think I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go with Worf as my next one as my that's my third pick and then Neelix is my fourth. fourth pick. Yeah. Okay, so then you're up to ten dollars. That's ten dollars. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm breathing a sigh of relief because I'm going to finish out my fifteen dollars by picking Odo and Odo McCoy. <laughs> yeah, I would have been. I would. I'm not sure what I would have done if <laughs> if you had picked them. But yeah, so I I have now drafted out. So you got. Uh, so I have five, five dollars left. left. Yeah, and you you selected four people, and I overall selected five people. Yeah, and for so for my last pick, I'm going to take uh, K 
Captain Picard. Okay. Because I so I saved that my my initial strategy was to uh like save like essentially save five dollars for whatever captain was on of between basically between Picard, Kirk, and Janeway. I felt like I would be happy with any of them as my captain, and almost mm-hmm. certainly one of them would be left on the board by the end. So I went for the right. more kind of value mid picks for first mm-hmm. and then <laughs> neelix was basically my if i have an odd number i'll use him to fill in that one dollar slot sure, um, sure. but i feel like i've got so did i end up with one from each i don't know that i did that on purpose but i think i did i ended up from, with one from each row yeah you did yeah so i have picard data wharf so you basically just, <laughs> I just like took a tng or a tng with with Dax and, and Dax and, um, yeah and neelix but i feel like that's a good degree of because i think you know, data can fill in as either science or engineer. I feel like data could be a quality engineer. Mm-hmm. Dex can be a science officer, but and I may be completely making this up, but I feel like she could sort of, in a pinch, covers like a ship's doctor type of case. Neelix mm-hmm. is my morale officer, and Worf is sort of all things tactical. Sure. I think, yeah. You have I a good. Yeah. Uh, I yeah I I was like well. Riker could definitely be a great captain. Yeah, I agree. Riker has a lot of value for that. He can definitely function as as your captain. And Riker and and Spock's a a pair to be reckoned with, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I was like, I'm going to save a dollar. I wanted to, like, buy one of the captain tier captains. Yeah. Um, And then... Uh, yeah, Spock is just an important, I think, a good crew member to have. And then, and so he's, like, first officer and science officer. Seven can do engineering. Odo can do security. And I got... Uh, Dr. And McCoy. McCoy. Yeah, so. I feel like those are some good, two very good crews. Yeah, so we uh, we're talking about this, and we may have an expanded version of us at some point, but we'll we'll have to see. But I think this did not take. Yeah, no, I think we're still. So good. I think we we will just have this as a extended cold open. Yeah, so. a little bit of editing will be fine. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are going to talk about the fourth episode of the seventh season of Next Generation, which is called Gambit Part 1. This, this, the Gambit Part 1 and 2 were not... They, they were not, like, basically shot as one episode, so we are going to only yeah, talk about or, Part 1. Or aired, uh, yeah, they weren't aired as a like an extended episode or anything there were two episodes four and five of season seven yep so uh this episode was written by uh, christopher hatton and naren shankar and it was directed by peter lauritsen and the uh the description on memory alpha is a pretty a pretty short one this time which is just while investigating picard's apparent death Riker is captured by pirates pillaging romulan archaeological sites Pirates pillaging is always a, a fun alliteration there. I well, I've, I just um, have been working on the Cloudspire, the expansion to uh, the Cloudspire board game, uh, which oh, that's named... right. Like one of those factions is a is like a, a pirate flying island yeah. or something along those lines, or is it an actual like ship city ship? Yeah, yeah, it's like a huge like kind of like helicarrier style like flying like airship where a bunch of pirates live, and the name of the expansion is is called uh it's Ankar's plunder so that's pl- plunder and pillaging are both like i definitely think about those as piratey yeah piratey fun words, piratey words. But, in uh, but, <laughs> this I, I don't know if this is the time to bring this up or not but but um so as i was looking through memory alpha you'll notice that the uh there's a this random uh, character that they meet early on um when they're in the bar 
and then the one that then he like comes on the ship randomly for a little bit is named yeah. Iranak, and he's a he's an Iridian. But as I was looking at that, Iranak is actually just the word canary backwards. Oh yeah, which <laughs> which is like random, and I, I was trying to figure out if there was any significance to that because I was like Iranak's a weird name, um, and because he he sings like a canary. I guess so. I guess, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> So the episode starts out in uh, in a bar on a sort of random planet. Troy and Riker and Worf and Crusher are all sort of in disguise or kind of in- incognito in in this bar, and they, they're talking to different people and trying to get the story of what happened to... It sort of comes out that Captain Picard is missing, and this is the last place he was seen, and they're trying to track down what happened to him. And so they, the main, so the main person they talk to is uh, this Iridian named Iranak. Uh, says that he saw this guy got in a fight, and then was essentially what he saw was that he was shot and instantly vaporized. Um, and so, as, as kind of as far as the whole crew knows, and what they what they conclude they think that uh, captain picard has died and that's i would say maybe the first like quarter to third of the episode is is them talking about sort of dealing with that their captain is is dead mm-hmm. there's a couple of uh, little things i wanted to point out about this opening scene one is that something that kind of made me a little bit sad about this episode is at the beginning uh when troy is trying to get information out of the bartender is kind of flirting with him a little bit and then he kind of it seems like kind of is in a pretty like tv pg way like kind of like kind of asking like yeah, hey I mean, maybe i'll do this if for some hanky panky yeah come back like, to my room after and we can talk about this some more type of thing yeah and i was thinking to myself it stinks that apparently even if earth has quote-unquote solved sexism by this point which which i think we've seen enough on this show to know that that even that's not happened but yeah. even if they even if we, you buy for the factors that they have like, like that apparently this is it's still like a, no matter where you go ultimately you'll find somewhere that is disrespectful to women it's just like, inherent <laughs> to, to sentient life yeah, yeah it was a bummer but yeah. um the, that said that said i did laugh at the pr- pretty hard at the reveal that uh that wharf has told uh, somebody in the, told Yurnak that Riker is looking for Picard because uh, the the cover story being that be- because Picard impregnated Riker's His sister. sister. <laughs> and the just like I mean the payoff of that I feel is even better when um when Crusher like shows up and starts pointing a phaser at people. Yeah. <laughs> and Riker kind of like raises his eyebrows and like that's my sister. She gets very yeah. angry <laughs> or something. He's yeah, just Riker- something along those lines. Yeah, I, I love Jonathan Frakes, and he he's got some good, just some. He Jonathan Frakes has like a very funny like reaction face. Yes, he's got, he's got some good uh, reaction face moments in this episode. So yeah, I just wanted to. The, yeah. that, that's I didn't have a ton of notes on this one, and but two of them were from that opening scene, so I wanted nice. to make sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I I liked. I mean, I feel like the anytime you have like the Enterprise crew out pretending to characters or like in a bar that they're you know they're all just such charismatic performers that. It's always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so so then then they go on to like the crew dealing with with the captain's death, and they they particularly kind of with a big scene is is this scene between um, between Riker and Troy, where Troy is kind of talking about the arrangements for they're going to have a you know like a, a service to to memorialize the captain and uh, ask Riker to give the eulogy, and he says that 
you know, he's not even going to come because he's just too angry about this and he's, you know, his, he needs, but he wants to, you know, he, he knows that like he should kind of work through his anger and, and accept this and move past, but he doesn't want to, he wants to stay angry because he thinks that'll motivate him to like track down whoever killed Picard, bring them to justice. And it's this, I thought it, like, it's very much a, it's a very like emotional scene to have pretty much right at the start of the episode that, mm-hmm. That Especially I, when you know that Picard is not yeah, dead. Yeah, but. so I, I did I did kind of like wonder this or like make a, a, a little note to, to question this of, do you think that this, like an episode like this would have been more impactful if you had done it either at the start or the end of a season where you could kind of maybe like have some more question about like, is Picard really dead or not? Um, like, did they really kill off a main character of the show? Whereas I feel like if it's kind of, you know, randomly in, like, the middle of a season of the show, no one's going to believe that, that like, they killed off Captain Picard off-screen in, like, episode four of the season. Right, yeah. It, I mean, they'd have, to be, they'd have to structure it all differently, too, because yeah. you find out partway through the episode that he's alive. Yeah, I guess it's pretty you know, quick like, that... It, that they kind of in modern TV, it would, it, the the opening scene of this would be like the last scene of the fin- of the season finale. You know, it would end with that guy saying, "Oh, he was vaporized," and then like, and then then it would fade to black, and then you know, yeah, I guess on the final true. season of of Star Trek, you'd find out, right? And then like, you know, they would keep really quiet about like whether or not Patrick Stewart had come back to film for the next next episode or whatever. Yeah, um, right. but it, I I feel like that's one of those. It's always I think a tough narrative thing for things like this where like if you're trying to do a story where like the stakes are really high or everyone thinks that someone's died or the earth has been destroyed or the ship has been destroyed or something like that that there's sort of always this like the audience almost always knows that that's not the case right you know like the the episode of enterprise that we watched not too long ago like that starts that same thing there's this big dramatic like the earth is destroyed and we're all like this happens before no, all of the rest of Star Trek, <laughs> in which like they very definitely go to Earth. So like, I know that one way or another, by the end of this episode, the Earth will no longer be destroyed. Yeah, I, I suppose. Or is it like, uh, does the audience really need to believe it, or is it just enough that we believe that the characters, right? Like, does the story still get told just if the all the characters don't think that Picard is dead, or you know, is it less powerful if you, as the audience, know that? He's not. Yeah, I, I don't know that this hurts it uh, too much, but I wasn't like I wasn't in suspense though. I guess yeah. it is now that I'm thinking about it though. They do kill Tasha Yar just like in an episode <laughs> in the middle of, like, toward the end of season one, and it's just this really point. like abrupt. Like I, I, I think I watched that for the first time and thought, to, and I knew that she died, and I was thinking to myself. This maybe would be weird to watch the episode because I think it, it's so like unceremonious. Yeah, she gets that, like redshirted basically. Like it's yeah to the degree where you're where I almost wonder if you watching it as it happened would think to yourself, okay, well she's fine and they'll figure yeah, out. Yeah, she day. got like knocked <laughs> out. <laughs> or... said, no, she's dead. Like <laughs> that is a good point. I didn't think about Tasha Yar. So I don't know. Maybe someone maybe someone bought it. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think about Tasha Yar. The uh, the line that's been said unfortunately far too often. Yeah, but yeah, so th- I, I think it's that's a very acty scene, but you know, yeah. it's good though. It's, it's it is interesting because I I remember I used to think that both uh, like Jonathan Franks and Marina Sirtis were not really that 
great of actors, especially compared to like the other talent that's on this show. Um, and I, I feel like I've more recently, like as we've watched stuff more recently, kind of come around more. We're like now, I, I really enjoyed Freaks, especially. I really enjoyed all of his performances. Um, he just has the, some degree of natural like charisma, and just you can tell he's always having fun no matter what he's doing. I feel like Marina Sirtis is is very good. I think she, even in this scene, I think she can kind of overact a little occasionally. I I like her. I think that she so often is hamstrung with like bad material, you know. Yeah. It may be be that as well. I don't want to get too much into our next episode, but. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Certainly, there's some episodes, some issues there too. Yeah, I guess but, that because uh, because yeah, I thought but, that she again with a, like a very emotional and what I'm sure is a very difficult scene to act with the two of them like dealing with the death of of Picard. Um, I thought yeah. she overall did a really good job. I think there's one scene where she gets sort of the most worked up and uh, kind of yells at Riker a little bit that she like kind of walks the line of overdoing it. But but overall, I thought they mm. were both really good in that mm. scene. Yeah. After this, there's a there's a very short scene that would not be worth noting, other than that just that Riker gets to gets the okay from Starfleet to do whatever he wants, basically. <laughs> yeah, to yeah I thought that was really interesting. That he like is like you know I want to open a investigation and I want to be the one to lead the you know like the investigation of figuring out what happened. And it somehow ends with an admiral basically telling Riker like, the, I forget what the word he uses. You get to go undetached to do. Yeah, it, essentially. Like, it sounds to me the way he describes it that the like Riker and the Enterprise are free to do literally anything they want and have like the blessing of Starfleet to do so. <laughs> yeah, but the, the the only thing I really wanted to say about this this though is that the the name of this guy is oh yeah Vice Admiral Chakotay. It's not spelled the same way as Chakotay from Voyager, but I believe Voyager was in development. This is the last season of. TNG, I believe Voyager yeah, was in development so when this was going on. Now. So yeah. uh, the, the Maquis are introduced in the last season of uh, TNG. So I thought that was a strange, just a strange little... Yeah, it was one of those things when I heard it, I was just like, wait, are they going to... And then it was just some random admiral. But um, Right, cause I, I, but I was like, no, that can't, that can't be right because he was never in yeah, Starfleet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then, yeah, so it's just, it's just like another guy who happens to have the same sounding, very specific name as, as a, a main character on... Yeah, the show, but yeah, and then and then Riker threatens that Uridian to get more information out of him, and then he tells him where they yeah, so they, they find out that what kind of what planet those the uh, mercenaries that had killed Picard have gone to, and so they take the Enterprise, they go to that planet and go down with the landing party in like a and it's one of those it's like the I feel uh, like quintessential star trek away team type of set um yeah which is like kind of you know it's like wooded and rocky and there's a there's a moment that made me laugh which is where where uh riker does the thing that he does where he puts his foot up on on yes. something taller <laughs> on a then, rock and and then who's it jordy that does the same thing and does the same thing i remember it just like for, that just like looked so weird to me like it's just yeah. so conspicuous when they both do it yeah, it seemed like Jordy was almost like mirroring him. Like, like he was like, "Well, okay, so uh, Picard is gone, and so maybe there's a not, there's a there's a spot opening up possibly for a new number two. Like, maybe you know, I just really gotta get in there and, and brown nose maybe or something. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna start Im- imitating him. Yeah, but. yeah. And so they they go down to the planet, 
and they find they are like poking around and see that there's this just pile of like broken pottery kind of randomly on the on the ground and then they're attacked by this crew of mercenaries and so there's one romulan and then various other vague star trek nondescript alien with things on their nose and forehead um and they they have this uh like phaser fight back and forth and they're hiding behind rocks and trying to Pretty sneak good around for a, a star trek phaser fight i think too yeah it was not a show known for its action but like you know reasonably yeah exciting yeah um and then Riker's trying to kind of like sneak around them and, and flank them and uh he gets he gets hit and goes down and then they the mercenaries run and grab the artifacts and grab Riker and they all beam out together and they escape um, escape on their ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so then Riker is, is on the, the bridge of this ship and kind of wakes up and meets, uh, Arctus Baran, who is this like mercenary captain, kind of like smuggler pirate type of person who, who leads the ship and who has installed these pain nerve stimulators on everybody's neck that are basically, if I remember it, like, exactly the same thing that they have in the mirror universe right like it's essentially the same type of thing Mm -hmm. but basically he has this like device on his belt um that he like pushes a button and can make any member of his crew just have this like excruciating pain um this guy kind of looks like a klingon by the way but he is not uh I, i just looked him up on memory alpha and he is of an unknown species yeah um and then as they're you know Riker's kind of trying to figure out what's going on he finds out that actually uh, Picard is alive and on this ship and is like pretending to be a uh, like a pirate or a smuggler that hates the Federation and is uh, like helping the um, this crew try to try to steal a bunch of artifacts from uh, what they find out from, that they're only stealing artifacts from Romulan sort of archaeologic sites. Mm-hmm. And uh, Picard's alias is Galen. Yeah. As, as Picard makes a big blustery thing about, oh, I think we should kill Riker, and you know, very much trying to 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 kind of um, yeah, like put off any suspicion that like he keep might, off they the facade. Yeah, other, the facade that they would. Yeah. Um, and so, and then uh, Picard sort of engineers this uh, situation where he kind of sabotages the ship a little bit and uh, creates this situation where. They need to do some science to the ship to save it, and Riker is the only person who knows how to do this, or like has a specialty in doing this thing. So it gives Riker an opportunity to, you know, to act fast and save the ship, and essentially sort of get in the good graces of uh, of uh, the captain Barat. Barat, I've already forgotten. Uh, it's scrolled Ar- down. Ar- Arctus, Arctus Baran. Baran, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, a little bit later on, they. Picard kind of like, and Riker sort of talk secretly, and Picard explains what's going on, that the only way that he was able to find out what these people were up to and why they were stealing these artifacts was joining this crew and pretending to be this smuggler. Um, but he says that, that Baran doesn't like him very much, and that he he thinks that if he acts like him and Riker sort of are at odds with each other, then Baran will trust Riker, and Riker can kind of get, you know, sort of get in to the degree that he can actually figure out what's going on oh and do we explain like why it looked like he got killed oh yeah so so apparently what we find is that apparently this uh this crew has a special weapon that like looks like a gun and you can shoot someone with it and 
it uh, shooting them with it transports them back to the ship. Like it's a it's a transporter. Like you can beam somebody out with a a gun essentially, which seems pretty handy and it, it, something that maybe Starfleet should have looked into developing. And, and maybe maybe yeah. uh, Data's original corporeal form would still be with us today. He could have just shot himself with that gun. Uh, yeah, to like well, escape. I, he had the, to, he had to sit there. He had to blow up the. I ship, think he had guess, to push and, the button. And, yeah, and that was his but still. Uh, but yeah, no, I feel like there's a couple things that where it just. Because they have this weird, like, the ship has this degree of, like, stealth or, like, scrambling thing where, like, they can avoid the being scanned or being detected by the Enterprise and lets them, like, slip away. And there's, like, a, a large number of kind of proprietary technology that this random little, like, six-person ship of mercenaries has that no one else in the galaxy does. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But, like, I don't know if, yeah. if, if uh, Arctis Brown is also a, like, a notable inventor and just missed his calling but yeah but they have like this like really handy transporter weapon that no one else ever has or uses that would be yeah like imagine like it's like the ultimate sort of non-lethal enforcement right like if you're trying to track like hunt down a criminal you can just shoot them with this gun and like beam them straight into a jail cell yeah i feel like that'd be pretty handy well, yeah, no, let's, we're, we're, that's, that's not what we're here to learn about, though. We're trying to figure out more about archaeology. <laughs> yes, yes, very fascinating. Uh, uh, yeah. So this uh, this episode was fine. I, 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 I liked parts of it. I, I think there's some good Riker in it, uh, for sure. I would say, in terms of, like, the description of what happens, I would almost just kind of say, this goes on a while. Like, just, like, yeah. just kind of some scenes of... It's not even. I mean, there is a like full scene. I'm just like in terms of like you're, dis- discussing it. You know, it's yeah. Like, I mean, there literally is a full there's, scene of yeah. Picard doing archaeology. Like he just takes pieces of pottery, reads off their lot number, puts them in a scanner, like gets a readout from the computer, files them away in a drawer, pulls out another one, and reads off its lot number. And like that's that's a full scene. Yeah. Well, and except for that, like it, you know, there's a woman who comes in and says, "Baron, want you to be doing this faster?" And he says, "Well, he's Baron doesn't know anything." It's yeah. just, you know, so if it's, you want it done right, it's furthering it him. Time. It's furthering him. Just like his this rivalry he's trying to cultivate, basically. Uh, yeah. With with Baron, so yeah, he's trying to kind of um, work the the politics of this crew and like sort of feel out if he could re- like lead a mutiny, sort of who would be on his side and who wouldn't. I will say, interesting left. So that that woman, that's the the Romulan who's on. The the ship and there's it's not really explained much in this because again this is a the first part of a two-part episode and you can definitely yeah tell that like the you know you, you really only get halfway through the story yeah, by the end of it like still don't really understand what's going on did you watch the next episode i did not i thought about it but i didn't yeah i didn't either uh, so, so we'll, one we'll someday hopefully out. someday soon uh we will watch gambit part two mm-hmm. um and know what happens but uh but i so again because of a completely unrelated discussion do you remember when uh we had brought up or i had brought up a uh, savik who is a oh, she's a yeah. character from we talking off from like off the, the yeah uh, she's a character in the, I think she's in Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock and has like a real brief appearance in uh, Voyage Home, but she's in some of the movies. And she she's like a, a character that they introduced for Wrath of Khan where she's like a Vulcan officer on the ship that's kind of like young and impetuous and sort of learns from Kirk and Spock. And then she comes back for Search for Spock and she's, again, on, but she's played by two different actresses from one movie to the next mm-hmm. um she's played actually by kirstie alley in the first one uh but then in okay i, I do remember the kirstie alley character and in- yeah so then yeah. then the same 
character, but a different actress came back for Search for Spock. And mm-hmm. it's it, the, the actress is Robin Curtis, who is also who plays this uh, Romulan in, in okay. this episode, which I only know because so I was she, looking up Savik, Savik the other day and like reading about the, the different actresses in that. So they really have a... They really just thought that she has a good face to have pointy ears. Yeah, I guess once you're cast as a, <laughs> a Vulcan or a Romulan, you kind of that's who you play. <laughs> yeah, so so ultimately, um, you know, there's kind of some inter inter intership politics, and the, and me- meanwhile, there's a couple of scenes of basically the Enterprise doing some science to figure out what what could be linking these yeah these uh, artifacts together, and they determine that like based on what they all these artifacts seem to have in common that they're going to be attacking a, a certain planet. They're going to be hitting a certain planet soon, which has a Federation science outpost on it. So they, yeah. they, so the, the, this episode kind of culminates in uh, the, the mercenaries going to this, this place yeah. uh, to and get some, right, to get some artifacts and then the enterprise con- confronts them. Yeah. So right, sort of right before are about to destroy this, the science outpost, which kind of Riker and Picard, try to stall a little bit so that they to see if they can kind of disable the outpost or go down there without you know blowing up this this outpost and killing a bunch of people and then the enterprise shows up and there's this kind of exchange between Riker and data where basically Riker tells the enterprise to you know to go away and lower their shields because everything's fine but data can tell that something's not right and then Riker tries to or pretends to essentially hack into the Enterprise to try to turn its shields down. Mm-hmm. And Data makes the decision to, even though what Riker's doing clearly, like, everyone knows wouldn't... Including Riker. Including, yeah, is a, something that wouldn't work. Because he tries to use his old command codes, but they, you know, the the Enterprise says, like, well, he must know that as soon as he was off the ship, those codes get changed or get, you know, like, removed from having any sort of capability. It did make me think about, though... Uh... Uh, it's an old code clear. It's an old code, sir. But it checks out. I was just about to clear them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. It doesn't check out. It though. does not check <laughs> out. But then Data kind of like figures out what Riker is trying to do, and so he orders Worf to turn down to like turn off the shields to make it look like whatever Riker did worked. And that's right, where which is at what point I wrote down Worf would take a terrible would, would be a terrible captain. He does not understand the strategy at all because <laughs> no. Worf, Worf is like what. You want us to lower our shields? Well, then they'll shoot us. Yeah. <laughs> and Data's like, I, I know. Like, that's, yeah. it's a bit like there's something going. Like, it's a strategy of some kind. Yeah, kind of like, like figures like, out like, that like Riker has something that he's like Riker knows and knows what he's doing enough that like he's trying to tell us to do this. Um, Worf, just like an adult man who is just still taking everything at face value. Yeah, but that's uh, really the Klingon thing, though, right? Yeah. Like they're always sort of upfront, and you know, subtlety is is the Romulan way. I feel like like yeah. there's there's not really any like deceit in Klingon politics. Well, it, well, that's that's not true though, because that's that's the whole plot of Worf's arc is that he his dad was framed for this crime he didn't commit. So yeah, I guess you know, that's that, true. That's like the whole like underpinning of like the Klingon Empire. It seems like at this point in the in the show's run is is this idea of you know the, the lies. The people, of, yeah. But you know, or, but again, that's not that's not Worf not doing that stuff. No. Although Worf did lie about the sister thing at the beginning of the show, so it's uh, he certainly yeah, guess, he knows how to lie, learned. but he doesn't understand what people are lying to him. <laughs> yeah, right. And the the Enterprise scenes, I feel the main kind of role for those is that it shows sort of Data in 
command of the ship because yeah. with the captain gone and then with Riker captured, you know, Data is the one that's left as sort of the acting captain, and so you get to see you get to see that you get to see kind of how Data handles command and and again like having to make these decisions and having his crew question them and and that sort of thing. Do you think uh, you know once Riker? What do you think once Riker is gone that Jordy is thinking to himself? Oh wait, now now. <laughs> now Jade is in charge, so it's and then he definitely he, he, like he gets a cat, and then he, he yeah, that's starts right. like cocking his head at everything, like yeah. in a very particular way. Like I'm just I'm just gonna go like play on the holodeck for a while, you guys. Does anybody want to yeah. hear my stand up? Yeah, <laughs> maybe you could study. Yeah. <laughs> you could study for that. I will say though, uh, speaking anyway. of command decisions that Data makes, so the back when when they are on the planet and Riker gets captured and then the ship kind of takes off and Data just orders the ship to like the Enterprise to follow them at I think it's like warp nine or something like that, which means and then like they they get away and then they make some comment of like. Well, I guess we should go back to this planet and like pick up our away team that's still down there. Like they, <laughs> they just they still had like three, I think like pretty senior officers because it was like Jordy and Worf, right? And then it doesn't take that long to beam people up. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like no, they just took off again like at warp nine, which is I think is we, we've talked ship, to, bef- that's a ship damaging amount of warp. yeah we've talked before about how warp speed will kind of limits of warp speed will kind of fluctuate as the show, but like that's pretty high. Like, not, that's yeah, kind of the fastest, high. I think, that you would, like, reasonably go oh, just away from this planet that... Like, does that ha- happen often? Like, did Jordy and Warp just people, be like, all right, well, the, I guess yeah, we just kind of wait till they come back. Burn, burn out our engines, chase uh, 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 away from the planet that has the guy who works on our engines on the planet. That's right. Tell Jordy we need more power. Uh... <laughs> Uh, crap, crap, crap. No. <laughs> but yeah, so then they do put down their shields and the other ship or Picard fires and it hits it hits uh, the the Enterprise engine and then freeze frame. Yes, to be, to continued. be continued. Which again is a cliffhanger that like I feel like most of the sort of big cliffhangers or two-part episodes at least in next generation that I can think of were like spanning season breaks you know like best of yeah, both worlds other ones that are or not, but, uh, but most of them, yeah. the one with lore in the borg uh that I, descent i think maybe it was called like they had you know mm-hmm. mo- like it, it just seems like kind of a big weird thing to have like a to be continued just from i don't know i guess i and i guess i haven't we haven't seen gamut part two so we don't know what all happens but like i think there's enough kind of filler at least in part one that you wonder if this could have been all just one episode I don't know. Or if you were going to make it, or if you were going to make it a two-parter, would you have the like keep the question of Picard being dead longer? Yeah, I, I liked watching it at, in the moment. Uh, it's mostly just because I think there's a lot of like good Riker stuff in it, and I'm a huge Riker booster. But there, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, we we've talked for a while, but we did do our cold open in the beginning. But to me, it's not like the most interesting episode to talk about, is it? Yeah, because it is just, just kinda... it is just what it is. It's just like you know, there's like a little bit at the beginning about coping with grief, yeah. but that's dealt with so quickly that yeah, and that's then you like not what you the just kind of find about, out like you know? oh, he's actually not dead. Okay, now on to the story. Yeah, we're cool. Yeah, which again, like, is a fun like I always like those types of stories of the like you know I. I'm definitely here for the, like, Cloak and Dagger, like, Picard and Riker both pretending to be people they're not, like, on this ship and, like, playing off of each other. Um, and again, I hope there's a little more of that 
in part two because I think they kind of introduced it but didn't really play much with it in this episode. But it it also something I'm just looking through the quotes to this episode and there's this uh, it remind, was reminding me of how Riker goes in the away team and Data basically says you shouldn't do this because if Captain Picard were here he, you would tell him he wasn't allowed to go in away in away team and yeah. Riker basically says tough I'm going and it is one of those things where I think we've had this this we've mentioned this a little bit on other episodes of the show and I and again you know, tune in in two weeks, or we'll talk about this a lot. But it is one of those weird things that happens not just in Star Trek, but in a lot of writing, where characters make decisions that, like, even on the the media that uh, is that like is portraying it, like it's it's being portrayed as a bad decision. Yeah, like this is the irresponsible thing to do. But then ultimately, he is rewarded for it because he right. he does go down there. But then it turns out that then he gets captured and but that ends up being like a good thing because he is in a unique position to be able to like bluff his way yeah know, like ultimately maybe presumably is gonna Data lead to rescuing to whatever. Picard. yeah yeah but anyway so but yeah, not not a ton not a ton here in terms of in terms of discussion points you know it's just kind of yeah. a, it's kind of a little adventure yarn which is fine you know it's not uh, again, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed myself in the moment of watching it. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Like, I don't know why I feel like this, but I feel like it's been a while since we've seen just like a good, fun Next Generation episode. Which mm-hmm. I, I know it like hasn't been, but I don't know if the other ones we saw were like from early Next Generation or what. But like this was just, you know, this is definitely the point where like the whole the crew is, they've all kind of come into their own as characters and they play off each other really well. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, Next Generation, I feel as much as any... Uh, any Star Trek or really like a lot of shows like it's just one of those shows where you can tell how much the people enjoyed what they were doing each other yeah just like they were just all having so much fun yeah it's been a bit now the one that came out I believe three or four episodes ago was it was a TNG that was a that was season two and then we hadn't had it on for a long time before that until which in the last one we had before that was a season one I think so yeah it's been yeah. a it's been a good long while since we've had a had like a later a later uh, Star Trek or a TNG, I mean. But anyway, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about this one either. I think we've kind of hit yeah. everything that I had. But um, do you, anything else you wanted to make sure we we no we that's noted? that's all I had. Okay, well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we are part of the Kaleidoscope Media Network. It's got a few other podcasts on it. We have uh, that's not how science works, which you may have just heard recently on uh, our our discovery episode we did recently. They are a uh, analyzing science in pop culture podcast. Uh, we have uh, there's there's here's Johnny, which is a horror sh- uh, podcast, and there is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter uh, podcast. Um, you can so check all those people out if you like any of that those kinds of things. Um, you can find us on Twitter at contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail dot com, uh, or you can go to our website at outofcontracts dot podbean dot com. Contracts is spelled C O N T R E K S, and you know please uh, you know check those places out. Leave us feedback uh, on iTunes or, or wherever else if you if you feel so uh, led. So in two weeks, we are going to be talking about uh, the tenth episode of the sixth season of Voyager, which is called Pathfinder. So yeah, in a couple weeks, um, come back and check that out, and we'll we'll be here for in you. In which we talk about a episode of a show named after a NASA probe where the episode is named after a different NASA probe. Yeah, 
<laughs> right, right. Well, and and weirdly, more of a more of an episode of uh, TNG than it is an episode of, of Voyager. But no spoilers, uh, we'll but yeah. Two weeks, so. <laughs> All right. Have a good have a good two weeks, everybody. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Although listeners of this podcast may find themselves brave for having withstood classic episodes like the body switching, the enemy within, or the gothic witchy horror of Cat's Paw, we at the Here's Johnny podcast like to dive even deeper into the genre of horror. That's right, Justin, and even though you really dated yourself naming off two super old episodes of Star Trek, here on the Here's Johnny podcast, we review video games and films from all over the horror genre, looking at different subgenres like vampires, aliens, and zombies, and we compare the similarities and differences between the media. We also have discussion-based episodes, which range from interviews with people in the industry, deep dives into directors, and their filmography or analysis into video game timelines. Yeah, that fictional history of Resident Evil was quite the doozy. But be sure to check us out. You can find us on any podcasting site. We have new episodes every Monday, and our website is here's Johnny Podcast.wixsite.com backslash horror. And on there, you can find links to our episode feed, all our social media. It is all there. And remember, in space, no one can hear you scream. And stay scary. <laughs>